Welcome to a brand new episode of Talking Rivals, a podcast about the best bleeping rivalry in all of baseball and sports. I am your co-host, Patrick, covering everything uh, Red Sox, and this is my co-host, Chris, covering everything Yankees. So what's going on? Nothing much, man. Just rolling along one day at a time for us. Ah, it's easy to say when you're perched over first place. It's uh, it's one long day for the Red Sox fans, but the Yankees. I mean, nineteen and eight playing today. I think they're. Do they lead the league in run differential, or are they second? I think they're right. Second there. in baseball. Yeah. Right behind the Dodgers, but still. I just. I mean. It's it's amazing. You guys are every not everything, but pretty much everything you're doing is just turning up. For now, but Gold. I yeah, I just still see the problems, the same problems with the Yankees hitting with running with runners in scoring position. They're still getting next to nothing offensively from their catcher, um, and I just see other guys like James Donaldson has done a uh, James Donaldson, Josh, Josh Donaldson. Yeah, he's. But look at it. I'll, I'll play devil's game. advocate. <laughs> Think about when Donaldson gets on or Gallo or the catchers produce something. Then yeah. some other guys can take a step back and it kind of replaces that. And I'll be honest. And if you look at the other guys, they're not really nobody's having a great year for the Yankees. Right. Even right. Rizzo is has, you know, cooled down tremendously. He's only batting 237. Um, there's really nobody. Uh, Donaldson's got a 10. He just got a hit today. So he's got a 10 game hitting streak now, but his average is still 216. He's got two home runs and seven. Yeah, I mean, if you go one for four every game, you're still back 250, but you right. have a hit streak. So, but Gallo is back I, 174. I no, guess the one concerning thing would be you guys are 19 and eight, but you're only two games up. Right. That too. There um, are Tampa. Yeah. Tampa and Toronto are lurking, but. I don't think there's anything to worry about as long as the Yankees stay healthy. It seems, it seems yeah. like instead of their great players playing great, it's all the mid-level, the not the no-name pitchers, but Nestor Cortez is pitching better. Uh, the bullpen is pitching better. The the middle of the pack guys on the, on your roster seem to be playing over their heads right now. Yeah, I, I think it's to be honest, it's the pitching that's really carrying us. It's not the offense. I mean, the offense really. You know, you could say what you want about them, but they're just not there yet. I mean, like you said, once these guys do get hot, yeah, I think they could go on a nice roll, better than what they are now. But it's their pitching that's carrying them. I mean, the starting is, is doing great after the first couple of starts. Cole is – I think he's got one run over 19 innings now, um, his last three. Yeah, he had a nice start the last game. Yeah, his last three starts. He actually went into that last inning that he pitched with 18 straight of uh, no runs. And then he finally gave up the home run. Um, and Michael King actually had a bad outing uh, yesterday as well, the game two of the doubleheader. But other than that, I mean, this this team is pitching as good as anybody in the league. Um, I think it's the offense that has to get going. And right now they're just, they're just not there yet. Incredibly, like you said, they're still 19 and eight, but their offense just has not hit their stride. I mean, nobody's hitting over 300 in, in the lineup. So, I mean, Judge is the best at 283, um, nine homers, 19 RBIs. He made a couple outs today with guys on base. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, but when you look back, 19 and 8, they had another good week. Um, can't really, comp- you know, I'm not complaining, you know, because they're still winning games and that's all that matters. You know, they took the – Yeah, I, I'm – I'm going to say this right up front. I'm looking at the Red Sox stats. Do not do not try to complain what the Yankees are doing <laughs> because after Bogart's endeavors, the our, the Red Sox fourth leading hitter in average is batting 212. Jesus. We only have five regulars that are batting over 200. That is incredible. And I know it's a baseball wide thing with the average going down. I th- I think the average is going down this year. Yeah. League wide. Well, we can get into that because I don't. I don't want to spend a whole episode on what's wrong with the Red Sox because then I'll just go on a rant. Well, but it's not about what, what, what is. Wrong, what, what can you do to fix it? That's what exactly. That yeah, is. yeah, that's a good way to. I mean, well, Waka just got um, injured, so he's on the fifteen or ten day IL. 
Oh, we got uh, the good news. The, uh, the COVID. I th- I think it might have been COVID. Um, it was there was three there was three injury related news, and I get them mixed up between him, Sale, and Paxton had setbacks. So I think it was COVID for Walker. Okay. But I mean, they do have today off and they have Thursday off, so they can kind of play around with their rotation. I I heard an interesting thing on the Sunday telecast, which was on NBC, which they didn't do that bad of a job. I don't know if you caught it on Mother's Day, but I caught some they, of it. Um, yeah, they did they did a pretty good job. They're stealing they're stealing our thunder. They did one from the home team and one from the away team in the wow. booth. That was our idea. They had Euclid and the other guy for the White Sox, Steve Stone, I think. Yeah. Former pitcher. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was pretty good. It was, um, I, like- I think Euclid brought it up. He said, if and when Sale gets healthy, why not put him as the closer? Yeah. I, I think you Keep said that. Whitlock and Hauk as a starter. We were, we were talking about that with DeGrom. And right. Euclid brought it up and he said, why not? If Sale, if, if, if it's, if it's durability, that's the problem. Just have him go every every other game and pitch eighty innings. And look, that's that's the one. I mean, between Sale and Paxton, one of them I've got to figure is going to come back this season and pitch reasonably well. So that's something. Right. I guess the minor league stuff is looking better with Cassis and Jeter Downs and whatnot, but. It's they're 10 and 19 right now. The Red Sox, I think have the third most losses in all of baseball. Yeah. I, they need so you, to do you something because something's not right with that team, with the offense. I mean, like you said, Cassis, yeah, you got the big better. three, you got the big three Devers, Bogarts and Martinez are hitting, but after that, it's a big drop off. That's what I mean. Um, I, I think if yeah. you, you got to do something to shake the team up because you can't just like, all right, the offense will come. The offense will come. You can't just keep waiting because the more you wait, the no, more you fall behind. And tomorrow is game 30 for them. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it's like a fifth it's of the way through the year. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's not football. I know you can't, you know, your season's not over after having a bad month, but you know what? It no, just but harder for the rest of the year to catch up. Like, I think we started off the air. Or maybe last episode, but you got to figure you got to get to 90 wins to be competitive in the American League. Yes. That means they have to go 80 and 53 the rest of the way. It's possible. There's no reason. It's possible, but but with that pitching staff, I just don't see it. If you're telling me the Yankees or the Blue Jays or the Tampa Bay goes 80 and 53, I can buy that. Definitely. Because, like you, like you were pointing out, the Yankees bullpen is. I, I just, I, I, I hear people getting on Cashman in the off season, and then that's quieted down as far as, of course, building your roster. And it's almost the opposite in Boston. In the off season, everyone was happy. Oh, we almost made it to the World Series. Now during the season, it's like, what is what are the Red Sox doing? Right. Couldn't they see this coming? It's very thin, their roster. So it's weird how the two teams are kind of going in opposite directions. And you guys really didn't do much other than getting Trevor Story. We got Story at the last minute, and I know it's apples and oranges, but instead of 140 to Story, why not give 110 to Gossman? I think that's what he signed for. Yeah, five for one ten. I mean, if you get starter. if you get Gossman, you could find you could find a starting second baseman for thirty million. Yeah, He's that a- extra thirty million difference. And I know it's, it's a little Monday morning quarterback, but Gossman's yeah. been great so far. And yeah, story. I, I think story is just pressing. I, I, that's got to be it, right? These guys they don't forget how to hit. I mean, this guy's a, you know. I think he heard he was. He heard the chirping in his ear about, well, is his power the home road splits? Sure. And he's he's getting up there, and he's probably he's striking out a lot. So I think he's just swinging from his. Yeah. I think he, yeah, I think he's just literally just getting up there. He looks like he's just gripping it and ripping it. <laughs> think about and it. He's... <laughs> yeah, go ahead. 
I was going to say, his average season is 33, 97, and, and 270, and 515. When you think to get to that, that, he has no home runs, I think 10 RBIs. He's batting in the 100s. Yeah, 190. So to get to that, he's going to have to bat over like 320 for the rest of the year. His on base, 276. His sluggings, 269. OPS, 545. So it's yeah, an OPS of 545 is like third string catcher. Yeah. <laughs> not not big time middle of the order signing. But See, to me, like what I was thinking like today, I was like, what what can this team do to shape? Yeah, I was gonna ask you, like, why don't we look at it you you trying to from the outside? Because I me looking at it, I could tell you what's going wrong. But I want to get like an outsider's point of view. What what do you think the Red Sox could could do to turn it around. And then I could maybe do the opposite with the Yankees and see what they could do to keep it going. Well, for me, I I would, to me, you got to shake things up a little bit, right? You have a, the bench is is garbage right now anyway. So what I would do is, and Bobby Dahlbeck batting 139, he's got one home run and that was against the Yankees. If I remember, Um, he's not doing anything. So at this point, I know the service time, comes into play here for Cassis, I would bring him up and put a doll back on the bench, like make him, make him think about it for a little while. And in the outfield, you had Duran up, keep him up. You know what? That guy could, he could probably, he could get something going offensively, you know, with his speed, you know, maybe that's what this team needs a little bit of a spark plug. And I don't want to say cut Jackie Bradley, but I mean, if you cut him is with outfielder. Yeah. Or keep him and, you know what? And that, and looking back, that trade doesn't look great. Like, who else did they get in that trade? Well, the the two guys that they got as well. I mean, one for one, the Renfro for Jackie Bradley looks horrible. Renfro's mashing, but they got um, two guys. One guy was a top. They're both in between like ten and fifteen on the organizational prospect depth chart. Right. Uh, one guy's like a speedster, but he was in college for four years. So he's he's already like 24 and he's in double A. And the other guy is a power hitting corner infielder. Oh, okay. Who's hitting well, but he's I think he's doing it in double A or right. high A. So that's not what Red Sox fans want to hear. They don't no. want to hear, oh, well, we got two guys that could maybe contribute to the 40 man roster in a year or two. Yeah. So to me, I mean, that's what I would do offensively. And with the pitching, I, I think what, what you said too, like maybe making sale the closer when he comes back, I probably would do that. My other thought was since Tana Houck has not really started well, I would put him in the bullpen and make him the closer. Yep. But then who are you going to, who's going to be your starter? Then you trade for a starter. You could, you could load up the bullpen and kind of do what the Yankees do, like a Yankees light edition, because right. you don't have a Garrett Cole. And you don't have a Chapman. Right. So what do you do? You have Avaldi, you have Whitlock. After that, it gets a little thin. So you're going to have to trade for an innings either, like a middle rotation guy. And then you can use Tanner Houck as your closer. Or, if, I mean, until sale. Comes. I, I would, I would, I, I might, I would be tempted to do Houck. Stale and Whitlock all in the bullpen and just shut it down in the last couple innings and then just find a couple of starters that can give you some like four or five inning starts. Yeah, I, that's the only part. I, I wouldn't agree with Whitlock. I would keep Whitlock in the, the rotation. And I think the problem is they either got to they got to do that or since you got the GM from that worked with Tampa Bay, maybe you got to yep. work it Tampa Bay style. They're pitching and just. You know, if there's an opener three days a week, you know, you do it. And yeah, the one, figure it out. the biggest takeaway I have from the first month and a half of the Red Sox is they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. They're trying to do best of both with Hauk, with Whitlock, with every, with all their, with mostly with their pitching. They're trying to do a little bit of Tampa Bay, a little bit of the old school. We're going to just, have a starter out there and just ride them for seven innings. You can't do, but you gotta, you gotta pick a strategy and stick to it. Um, and I think that's right. 
I think the perfect the perfect example of that is Tanner Houck. They, you know, I love Tanner Houck, but they've been using him. One day he's a starter, and next week he's on the COVID IL, and then the next week he's a reliever, and then he's an opener. Yeah, you can't do that. You, you can't. I mean, it's not like the guy is a 35-year-old veteran. He's 25. This is his first, second full year in right. the big leagues. Just, just pick a pick a spot for him and, and stick with it. But that's why I like Whitlock as the starter. I think he's, I think he's a very good starter. I would just leave him there. How yep. is the guy that he hasn't has he he hasn't pitched well as a starter? So he's shown flashes in both aspects, and then right. I think that Cora is. But Cora, Cora is still playing chess, and I'm playing checkers watching the games. But it's like sometimes he outthinks himself, I think. And that's that's the other uh, spot. Like, what's going on with Cora? Like, Cora is usually much better. Is, what's, is there yeah. a, a disconnect? With I, I don't know if he is. Yeah, I, I don't know if – and I know he'll never say this out loud, but I don't know if he's fully on board or invested in – bullpen by committee yeah he can't i i think he i always pictured him as best of both worlds type of old school new school type of manager because he played so he's he's kind of i hate to use the term players manager but i think he wants to have a ninth inning guy that he can look in the eye in the clubhouse and say we're giving you the ball with a one run lead not well we'll see depending on who's up at bat you know, and what the book tells us, who's going to bat, who's going to pitch in the ninth. Well, I, think I don't think he'll ever admit that, but yeah. I think that m- there might be a disconnect there between front office and him. I, I, um, yeah, I, I think we've said that too, that these bullpen by committees never work, right? Yeah, they, I would say they rarely do. I, right. I think when we did our Twitter space, our, our buddy Justin came on and talked uh, about the Mets, but I think he brought up like Tampa Bay. I mean, they got within a game of winning it all, but I mean, for continued success, sustained success, I haven't really come across a team that does bullpen by committee. Yeah. I think Tampa Bay is the only one and whatever they do, it works, but you know what? They still haven't won with it. Right. So exactly. Even if it does work and it does work for them, whatever they've done with the starters too, like they open a bunch of times to a week. So I, I don't get it, but you know what? It works for them, but they're the only team that really makes it work. Well, like yeah, they're the outlier. Not well. <laughs> so like we always say, like think about last year, the one game wild card, or, you know, you always say game seven, you want a Garrett Cole, you want a Nathan Avaldi, but you also want that closer ninth inning game seven in the playoffs. You're up by one. You got to have a guy that without question, I don't care if it's three lefties are batting or three righties are batting, you know, Chapman's getting the ball. Definitely. You knew that Rivera was getting the ball. There there was never a question about lefty righty splits with Mariano Rivera. And I get that he's one of one, but it's, you you don't want to hear that in the game seven. You don't want to hear, Oh, well, we're going to go by the book and no, no, no. Get a closer, stick with it. And just go with it. Any winning team, you could say that about. Not just yep. the, you could go, you go down the line. Any team that's that's won a championship or been in the World Series, they have a set closer, right? Maybe yeah. the setup guy, and you know, all that is mixed up. You know, you might want to mix and match that way, but the closer is always this guy, and that's it. It's yep. not well. We'll see. Like you said, it's just not good. Yeah, and switching to the Yankees, I would – I mean, it's very easy to say how do they continue their success, but I would – short of an injury, and you don't want any injuries for any team, I would just say maybe a, maybe an, either another – well, you have arms in the in AAA that are ready that can yeah. kind of come up and down. So I would just say just keep it rolling and maybe, maybe if – Gallo or Donald Donaldson you're kind of stuck with for a little bit, but maybe try to get another outfielder. I'm searching though for a problem with the Yankees. <laughs> you know? I would, yeah, I'm I'm with you. 
for, for sure. Uh, and I think it's, I think at, at some point we will get another outfielder and maybe even a catcher because these guys, as great as they are defensively, it's the complete opposite offensively, right? They're just doing What's it. his name is available. I think the guy from the Cubs we were, we were talking about on the Twitter space. Um, Contreras oh, is going to be yeah. a free agent at the end of the year. He's going to cost you a decent amount, but right, that's the, that's the but thing. he's going to be a free agent, so he's only a rental, right? And the Yankees still have that guy. He's doing his uh, oh Rutvert, yeah, he's he's down in AAA. So I was curious, and I even asked a few guys on on Twitter. Um, I think, in, including Julian, I asked as well, who were trying to get on the show. Um, what's going to happen when he's ready to go? Like I know he's doing his his rehab and doing whatever, but what happens when he's ready? I mean, are they really going to bring him up or are they going to wait till, you know, either Trevino or uh, Higgy gets hurt and then bring him up? Or Do any of them play corner infield or corner outfield as well or no? Uh, I'm not sure. No, that's kind of Falefa that does. I got it reversed. Yeah. IKF kind of plays yeah, catcher a little catch. bit. He's like the third string catcher. Um, I could see... I could, and I could definitely see an outfielder, like I said, and it's, I don't think anybody's going to be able to take Hicks because he's still got a couple of years left on his contract. Um, but Gallo might be worth something at some point, And that's who the guy they might move um, because he's another one. I mean, he's doing nothing offensively. So yeah. they gotta but it's also, it's tricky. You don't want to, you don't want to upset the apple cart, so to speak. You, yeah. You're I, what, 19 and eight. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, sure, some people are not performing up to their potential, but I would just keep it going for now. And if if towards the deadline you're Gallo's still struggling in June, then maybe look to move him. I'm not sure about his contract though. He's only got this year left. So he's he's a free oh, okay. So that makes him a lot easier to move. Um so maybe yeah. take on somebody that has a year or two left. Right. So I'm, I'm not. That's, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to happen yet, but I could definitely see something happening in June or July. At some point, you know, they, they got to If they are still batting, you know, Gallo still batting 170 and not hitting home runs. And, you know, and these catchers are still batting 176. Higgy's batting 146. Neither one has a home run. They've driven in seven RBIs between the two of them. I mean, that's not what good. About, so. What's his name from Oakland? His name's died down a lot. Sean Murphy? Yeah, I just think because he's young and he doesn't cost much. So Oakland doesn't, you know what I mean? Like Oakland doesn't have yeah, to. Yeah, that's play. true. So maybe they will anyway. You know, if they get a good enough uh, package, him and uh, Manaya yeah. is still there. So, yeah. Right? Is that the one um, that's there, the picture? No, no yeah. Montas is still Montas. there. Manea went to San Diego, I think. Right. So they might I, – I think they're, they're going to move Montas without a doubt. Um, and then Cincinnati, of course, whoever they got that somebody Castillo's wants. pitching today, speaking of Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be gone at some point. It's yeah, just, once he shows an ability to stay healthy, he's gone. <laughs> absolutely. Pitch him a couple, couple starts in the rotation and then just trade him in June. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time for that guy. So, uh, what is what is Cincinnati? Speaking of Cincinnati, what do they do with Joey Votto? Is it like does he does he have enough? I think he has enough clout to say behind the scenes. Look, if I want to get traded, trade me. Oh, I'm I'm sure of it. I just don't think he wants to get moved because I think he would have got moved at some point. He would have said, "All right, you know, you just blew up this team that we were, you know, a couple of games away from making the playoffs." But this year, did you see his numbers for this year? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Oof. So it's something. I mean, he's and India is hurt. Castillo hasn't been healthy. Yeah. It's that's, um. That's a poop fest. If if there was one, you know, I mean, you got that's just an awful lineup. I mean, and they're only four and a half games behind Boston. That's that's <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah. If it wasn't for the Nationals and the Reds, the Red Sox would have the most losses in baseball. But um, let's flip it. Let's yeah. let's look around and see some positives because there are plenty of teams other than the Yankees um, and the Dodgers that are doing well. 
What team has surprised you so far? Surprise! You know what? Minnesota being in first place. I was not expecting them. I think we both had the White Sox. Yep. You know, and White Sox are starting to get healthy and hot. Yeah. But I, I think it changes. You know, I think this is early, so I think this is – it's just a matter of time before the White Sox take over that division. But Minnesota leading. I mean, they're up by three. They're getting good enough pitching to win. Um, and Correa got hurt, but I at first they thought he, he broke his finger, but it's not. So – And didn't they bring up their top prospect? Yes. Yep. Royce Lewis. He was going to – Yeah, he was a top overall pick. Yeah, I think he was supposed to be – because Correa got hurt and they thought Correa was going to be out a few, like a month or two with the broken finger. But now they're saying it's not. The Buxton got hurt too, right? Yeah, but he came back and he's been. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. No, it's never a question on the field. Yeah. He's... It's just about availability. Yeah. That guy could easily win an MVP. If he stays I... there, so. Yours truly picked him. So that means he's going back to the IL probably. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just did not. I, I didn't want to pick Trout or Tani or Vlad Jr. Yeah, those are the easy ones. I, I think I had Vlad. So, but uh, for I me, I, I wouldn't. Well, actually, surprising. Yes, the Angels. Yeah, I was going to say them. Sure. Yeah, nineteen and eleven. They're only a half game up on Houston, though. But they're pitching. I knew their lineup was going to hit. As long as they stay healthy, right? <laughs> if they can stay healthy. It's like you said, it's early, but still 19 and 11 is pretty impressive for what they had last year. Yeah. Pitching wise. And the team in that division, that's not surprising. Uh, that is surprising in a bad way is Seattle, right? We had them yes. at least getting a wild card. And I know, I think you had them winning the division, right? What yes, I did. Right. So, yeah. and therefore, <laughs> that means. In, in the opposite, what was that Seinfeld episode? I'm going to do the opposite of right. my first instinct. <laughs> so this is episode no. 45. So episode like 100 <laughs> next year's preview. I'm just going to take a deep breath and do the opposite. Of what you think, right? Of my gut reaction. <laughs> but I mean, if you look at the top of every division, the Yankees, you expect them to be there. Houston and the White Sox are right on the cusp right which which i kind of i thought that we both thought the white Sox. i kind of thought houston um and then the mets milwaukee and the dodgers the dodgers are just quiet they're not running away with division because the nl west is the i think that right there with the al east toughest in baseball right now yep and, and you got the Dodgers. The, everybody's over five hundred. Yeah, which is that's that's a shocker because we didn't think Arizona was going to be a five hundred team at this point. Where did Arizona get pitching from? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we were going through their roster and we were being kind, and then all of a sudden Zach Galen and Bumgarner's found this stuff. And speaking of Bumgarner. Uh, as we look around the league, the Yankees are still tied. Nothing, nothing in the eighth. Um, interesting game. That's all I'll say. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but as we look around the league, speaking of Bumgarner, did you see that odd exchange down in, I think it was in Miami. Yeah, that was um, very, very strange. Very strange. I don't know. I don't know what that umpire was doing. The umpire missed two calls (laughs) that were in the strike zone that he called balls and then a ball that he called the strike and Bumgarner at the end of the inning kind of showed him up a little. So I guess the umpire, the first base umpire, checked his hand and just was just staring at him. And I watched the replay and rubbing his hand. The actual things that they said to each other. Bumgarner looked up and noticed the guy was just staring at him and feeling his hand. And he's like, do you have a problem? You haven't talked to me. <laughs> and the guy, and the guy didn't say anything. And then bum Gardner said yeah. the magic words, basically tell him where to go. And um, the guy just threw him out. Yeah. That, it looked and, uncomfortable. Just weird. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the umpire was definitely making up for bum, what he thought was a slight, to his fellow umpire by Bumgarner, but it's childish. 
Yeah. In my opinion, to do that, just just move on. You yeah. can always, while while you're checking his hand, just say, you know, not for nothing. It's a hard. It's a. It was a miscall, maybe, but we have a hard job too. Just don't show him up. Yeah, that's all. No big deal. And he didn't say anything. It's not like it's not like Baumgartner kept on talking about it. He was just he just stood there and while he was checking his hand, like it's not like he stood right. there and kept on, you know. On, yeah, but then then he got into it. Yeah, which I don't blame. After the guy was looking at him and threw him out, then there were some choice words back and forth. Yeah, you're kind of you're you're kind of I think he challenged into a fight. Actually. Yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah. He did. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't blame the guy. I don't blame Baumgartner for it because I mean that was yeah, just I mean what do you like I I very strange. I, I, yeah, I don't know what else to odd. say, but um, um the other so let's see. I, I think the Go other ahead. big I was gonna say the other big thing that happened last week was you know between the Mets and uh the Phillies, the Phillies having that huge yep. lead in that game and the Mets came back. What was it from seven to one or eight to one? It was Seven, the last, when I checked, it was seven to one, I think. The lead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was seven to one, and the Mets scored eight runs in the ninth inning. Wow. And uh, the big, I think, I know they, they had to rain out the next day, so that probably helped um, on yeah, Friday. Yeah, the doubleheader on Sunday. Right. But they did come back, the Phillies, and win that first game in the doubleheader. And I thought yeah. that was a big thing because I was waiting to see how the team responded after that horrible loss. And they came so back. You got Girardi halfway out the door. I, I thought, yeah, I, I still think it because, listen, if they don't if they don't make the playoffs. Oh, no, I think he's gone at the end of the year, but I think they give him the year. He may not make it to the year the way that they're playing. I mean, and it's not his fault. Trust me, when you look at this team – I mean, we said it before the season even started, how bad their pitching and their defense is. Yeah, I mean, it's all- I'm looking at it right now. They're 12 and 16. They're playing the Mariners, who are 13 and 16. One of these teams has to watch. They'll probably split the series. But one <laughs> of these teams has to get right and, and go on a run, you would think. Because, I, I mean, look, I have them both in the playoffs, so. But I think the Phillies and the Mariners are too talented to be under 500. Yeah, I didn't think the Phillies would be under 500, but I didn't. I thought they would be not in the playoffs this year just because their pitching is so bad and their defense. That catches up to yeah. you. And, and they kind of got a tough – they have a very tough schedule coming up, the Phillies. They got the okay. Seattle series, then they got – they go to Seattle, then they go to L.A. to play the Dodgers, then they come home to play the Padres and the Dodgers – and then they go to Atlanta and then the Mets. So wow. there. So they could be like 20 and 30. Yeah. I mean, this they might give them to the end of the month if yeah. And that's a what team match. if if we're looking around the league, what team do you think isn't gonna sustain what they're doing? If that's the right I, way to put it. I'm going to the National League West. I'm gonna give you the easy ones, right? Arizona and Colorado. I don't see the one sustaining anywhere near what they're doing um yeah that's that's easy that's too easy and we got to think cincinnati can't sustain being this bad right i was just gonna say that (laughs) that's where i was gonna go i was gonna go dumpster diving (laughs) cincinnati's gonna go from the dumpster to the bargain bin they're gonna get promoted one spot up (laughs) because i don't see i don't see how washington is winning games i don't see how Pittsburgh and the Cubs are winning some games. So I think Cincinnati can look, they're five and twenty-three. So right. I just don't see that standing really the, the whole the, year. Are they really gonna break the sixty-two Mets record? Most losses, right? I don't I mean if Castillo gets win. hot, they can ride him for a couple of starts before they trade him. It's a yeah. couple of wins there. I mean, there are wins to be had, especially in that division. And I think another team, because I think we, we talked a little more highly about them, was I think Detroit's got to win. They, they got to bounce back a little bit, right? I mean, I yeah, know they've gotten nothing from Rodriguez. Yeah. It was their big signing. Um, Baez has been, yeah. Cabrera got the big hit, and that's been a nice story. But yeah, they've, them in Kansas City, 
I was almost going to say Kansas City or Detroit. I was almost going to drink the Kool-Aid at the start of the year, but <laughs> I didn't think they would be this bad. I mean, Torkelson's batting 167. Um, My starting first baseman in fantasy. <laughs> yep. We don't have to ask it's all about are in fantasy. It's all about potential. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, fantasy yeah. team in five years from now will be solid. There you go. That's that's some good positive thoughts on that. Yeah, it's listen, it's early for, for everything, for good and for bad. It's it's too early to start saying, okay, uh the Yankees are gonna run away with the division or the Mets are gonna run away. But I'll be honest, in the in the National League East right now, it looks like the Mets can run away with it. Yeah, because if you look at the run differentials, which is what I see is that's why I was asking what's sustainable and what's not. The Mets are plus 36 Miami's plus eight the Phillies are zero Atlanta's negative three and Washington's negative 30 so nobody is you could argue that Philly should be a little better with a neutral run differential but no one yeah to your point no one's gonna I don't think anyone catches the Mets in that division I don't think so either I mean I I think the Atlanta I think the Braves are gonna get better um, I just yeah. think they've had. Uh, I think we we spoke to uh, the Braves fan uh, on the oh, Twitter. Logan, statement. yeah, yeah, Logan, yep. very cool guy. Hopefully, he joins us again. Um, but um, I just think they have like a little bit of a World Series hangover, you know, between that and losing Freeman, not yep. losing but letting him go. I think that's that's a big transition for them because he was like their clubhouse leader. He was their team leader. So. Uh, yeah. It's it's a I think it's, it's a and they just got Acuna back right pretty recently. It'll be interesting to see. This is almost like a test case in not all numbers are equal because you're losing Freeman, you get Olsen, so you think okay, well the numbers he's going to replicate Freeman's numbers if not do better, right? But it's the intangibles, it's off the field stuff, it's, and not to say Olsen is a like a bad guy or something. It's just he takes time to get used to the new clubhouse. Yeah, that's that's definitely and, true. And he's coming into a situation where think about where Grog, uh, where Olsen is taking over. He's taking over for an i you know an iconic player that was the team leader, and the team just won the World Series. So it's not like they were doing bad, and he you know and they he left. And I mean, it was a lot of. Uh, I feel like with the left. Braves, it was the Braves. If you're a Braves fan, your father or your your grandfather or whoever is it was Freddie Freeman's team. If you're the kid, it was Acuna's team. Right. And right now, there's kind of a disconnect. Like they, I feel like they went from Chipper to Freeman to just as talented as guys in Olsen and Acuna, but maybe guys that maybe I'm. Again, I'm not saying that they're not good clubhouse guys, but maybe they're not the raw, raw captain that Freeman was. Right. Because everybody does it differently. Could be. They're probably more loosey, loosey goosey type of a team, which is okay. But sometimes you got to put, you know, you got to put your foot down and say, okay, we're, we're the defending world champs. It's time to, it's time to stop playing that way. You know, we can't just. Yep. You can't just lay down and be like, yeah, we'll be fine. It's early. No, no, no. You can't, you can't say that, especially when a team is, is getting rolling like the Mets are, and it looks like they're going to run away with it. You can't sit back and say, yeah, it's early. No, you, you got to get going. I mean, this team has to start hitting. I mean, they just, I, I just think it's a world series hangover. You know, it's for a team that, you know, just like with, with your team, the Red Sox last year, it wasn't a team that a lot of people thought was going to make it to the world series. So no, No, and I'm just looking up. Uh, I don't know why I do this to myself, but I was looking up James Paxton and Chris Sale, <laughs> and they're they're both slowed down, I guess, as okay. of the seventh of May. Sale, they said the latest the latest hope is that he can pitch around the third week of June. That's when he would right. go on an assignment. So that means you're not getting him back in the majors until probably July 4th. Yeah. Well, maybe even the old, they'd probably wait to the all-star break and, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. Starts down there. Yeah. You'd have to make a couple at least. 
Yeah, because there's no spring training, right? Yep. So that that'll be interesting. Him and Paxton, and like you said, maybe they will make him into the the closer. You know, I I think it makes a lot of sense to be honest to put him in the closing role because they need that that presence in the bullpen. They just need that one guy, like we talk about, that one guy in the bullpen that's going to come in and shut down the other team. Yep. And Dale is capable. He's got that kind of stuff that could totally shut a team down. Um, and then hopefully Paxton, he could be the starter. You know, put him in the rotation. Yeah, I mean, they, it's just the I, I don't think. About. Yeah, I don't think they're surprisingly the rotation hasn't been that bad this year. It's just, um, it's just getting nobody on base. I mean, you're talking about the Yankees are timely hitting. Uh, yeah, you're getting no hitting. <laughs> yeah, we're getting nothing. nothing. Yeah, it's, I see it. You're like, you just look at their numbers, and it's just, it's awful. And it's for a team that that hit so well last year, you know. I, I think, yeah, they they probably expected Bobby Dahlback to hit obviously more than one thirty nine, and one home run. Yep. And they were expecting a lot more from him, and he's done. He had a bad rookie year last year, in my opinion, and he still hit, I think, twenty home runs. Mm-hmm. You would take so, that, yeah. At this point, I mean, I, I think I said it last episode where I don't think the Red Sox. I think they were they played better than they were last year and this year they're playing worse than they are. Yeah. That's so it's kind of like reverse course. It's kind of, what do you think? I hate to say it's leveling out soon. Hopefully. Where do you think a guy uh, like Dahlbeck ends up? Cause he's 27. I mean, he can play. Yeah. He can play third base too. So maybe if Cassis comes up, then Dahlbeck is the backup first and third baseman. You move Devers to DH and put him at third. I don't. I don't. No, but I'm if, saying like offense. What what kind of a uh, batter do you uh, think he's going to end up being? Because he can't be this bad. I mean, he's got to be better than he him. can't be this bad. But he's not as good as they were hoping because they were they've been talking. I joke about it all the time, but they were talking about him being baby Mark McGuire. Wow. And this type of power that he's shown flashes of, but. A Red Sox fans listening will remember remember Willie Mo Pena. Yep, <laughs> he was a guy that you know he looks the part. He's a big hulking guy, had a couple of big tools. He was kind of like Jorge Soler, yeah, but less production. But when he would make contact and hit him, it'd be light tower power. It's mm-hmm. just there's no there's no consistency. So the flashes that Dolbeck shows are great. But then he's an average defender at best, and he doesn't bring anything on the speed-wise on the bases. He doesn't walk a lot, and he strikes out a lot. So he could live with it, like you said, if he hit 25 or 30 home runs, but he's not. Right. right so now, I don't – if, if Cassis starts sometime this year, which I think he will in the big leagues, I don't think Dahlbeck comes back from that. As a Red Sox, I think he needs a new change of scenery. Mm. I hate to compare him to Luke Voigt because Voigt actually has produced. Right, at some point. And then had some injuries. Uh, but hes I think he's similar. I think he needs a change of scenery. Mm. That's big. I, uh, think, I mean, I think he could be, you know, uh, a backup infielder, like a fifth infielder on on a good team, and hit you know hit you ten or fifteen home runs off the bench, yeah, ten home runs. But I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a middle of the order corner piece of your franchise at all. Mm. I, I, I guess it, to compare him to a Yankee that's better, I would say maybe he's like Andujar. Because he's shown flashes, but Panduhar has put up how many home runs in the major leagues? 20? 30? Yeah, about that. Yeah, same thing with Dahlbeck. You know, like he hasn't – the few times he's had a chance, he has not – except for that first year. We had that first year. He hit really well, um, yeah. but then he got hurt, and then he's just not been the same since. And um, and now you just – you can't get him in the lineup because, I mean, right now there's just no spot for him on the on the team. But um, if he could play some outfield, right, at an average rate, yeah, then he would he would find at bats, right, with but, his bat. 
and his glove is just is just awful. Um, yeah, I I would still I'm still sticking by what what the Red Sox should do is bring up Duran again, and bring up Cassis. Yeah, like, it shakes things up. Yeah, I mean, even and if you got Bradley to the bench, right? Moves it all back to the bench. That's so it. It helps your bench and it helps the team. So, and I would, and if they had to, if you have to cut somebody, Bradley would be the guy because I mean, the guy, you, you know what Bradley? Yeah, is. you can use, you <laughs> could use um, Arroyo as the fourth outfielder and the swing utility guy. You use Dahlbeck as a corner infield backup. Um, yeah, I guess Jackie would be the guy to, I mean, you already paid him, so. Right. I mean, it's not something where I would definitely do, but I would definitely bring these guys up to shake things up, to get the offense going a little bit, you know. Best you could probably trade him to a contending team that wants him as a fourth outfielder, like a defensive replacement. Yeah. For, uh, and I'm talking about for a low prospect, like a, like a fringe at best. Right. You trade them for, you know, one one man's garbage for another man's garbage and see if change of scenery helps both. And I don't think they would trade um, Dahlbeck at this point anyway. I think he's too much of a prospect still. Like a, like they think of I, – I, what I, I would trade him. I know you would. But I, I, I don't think yeah, I'd have Cass's up here tomorrow. Yeah. I, I just – He's 27. Dahlbeck, he is what he is. Right. I, how much better is he going to get? Is he going to be? Is he going to be a 35 home run guy? If he's a 35 home run guy, I can guarantee you it's coming with 200 strikeouts. Yeah, but that and they're okay with that. A Rod said it. How many teams have won with 200 strikeout batter? Mm-hmm. Last year, in in 133 games for Dahlbeck, 25 home runs, 78 ribbies. 156 Ks. And then look at how few walks. 28 walks. That's horrible for a yeah. big power hitter. I mean, that, you can deal with the strikeouts. Atrocious. Base. Yeah, the strikeouts are fine if you're getting on base and hitting home runs. Yeah, his on base is 298. Yeah. Slugging 494, and that was a good year. And he's um, he's an average defender at best. Mm. And that's being kind. Yeah, they got to shake things up. I think that's what they got to do. I mean, give them another week. All right, so let's let's look ahead. Yeah, let's let's look at what their schedule is coming up, and then we'll talk about the Yankees. But Uh, today we Red Sox have a day off, and then uh, Tuesday and Wednesday down in Atlanta, then another day off, and then a weekend series in Texas. All right. And then it gets, um, yeah, that's for the week. So a couple of days off to yeah. reset things. And I guess if you're on the road in Atlanta, you got to hope for a split and then get right in Texas. Take two out of three from Texas and then go back home. I think three and two is like, that's the floor. You got to at least get that. Maybe try to squeeze out a, you could sweep one of them, whether it's Atlanta or right. Texas, but. Yeah, I'm just saying, split with Atlanta and take all three from Texas. Hopefully, yeah. but you come home four out of five. Yeah. That's not bad. Four out of five, then you're 14 and 20. <laughs> hey, you got to start somewhere. There you go. Right? Yeah. You gotta, you're not going to get them all back. You know, hopefully by the end of the month, you're you're back to 500 at the very least, and then you work from there. You know. Yeah. I mean, you and, got no. Uh, just to give an update, the Yankees are up one nothing going into the ninth inning. And who's pitching? Chapman. <laughs> right. Chapman. So we can say what happened. Right. <laughs> I guess Cortez gave up a hit. Yeah, the eighth. Uh he pitched seven and a third and gave up one hit, four walks, eleven strikeouts. And he's your five starter. <laughs> 103 pitches. So they were they were gonna ride him to I wonder if they would have went to the ninth with him. I'm curious. Mm. I don't know. That seems like a lot of pitches for him. That he, does. He's usually not and that high. And Trevino, Trevino did get a hit, so he's batting 189 now. Gallo did get a hit. <laughs> so if yeah. they can creep up into 200, 
Yeah, at least that's somewhat respectable when you think about it. I mean, because uh, I'm looking at the box score. I mean, LeMahieu 283, Judge 284. That that's that's good. But then 238, 250, 250, 220, 220. I guess it's modern. I hate to sound like John Sterling. That's baseball. It is. <laughs> that is baseball now. Unfortunately, I I don't like it. I don't think anybody likes it. To be honest. No. If that's what they like, they don't care about the strikeouts as long as you're getting on base. Yeah, I guess just focus on the OPS. Are you the, the times that you're making contact? Are you are you getting extra base hits, and then are you getting walks? Strikeouts are going to come. Yeah. <laughs> so, what does the Yankees' schedule look like for this week? Uh, they got. They're gonna after today. They they got they don't have a break until I think Memorial Day is their next day off. Yeah, oh, May thirtieth is their next day off. So um, their next two games they are playing after today. They play uh, Toronto at home, which is nice, and then then they go to Chicago for the White Sox four game series against Chicago Thursday to Sunday. So that's another. I called it lip, the lip White Sox. Left. The White Sox are getting better, but they um, that lineup is not as good as I thought it would be. Uh, I think it'll watching be watching in the last couple of games. Yeah, there are there are a lot of. I know there's some injuries, but uh, it, it reminds me a lot of Toronto's lineup because you got dynamic players up top. And Tim Anderson with the White Sox. And then you got some steady run producers in the middle, but the bottom of the White Sox lineup, it, it, in my opinion, just having seen them play the last couple of games, is uh, you can get, you can work through it, but they are getting hot and they were a playoff team last year. So, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think we'll see them in the playoffs next year, uh, this year for sure. I think they'll. I hate to say right the ship, but get healthy because they have really good pitching as well. So, yes, should be a good series. I, I, I'm I'm not expecting to go in and sweep in them or anything like that. Listen, if we could take three out of four, that'd be awesome. Um, maybe two out of two, and then Toronto the first two games. Uh, I mean, I I, I said it before. Um, you know, this this past week, I said if we could take two out of three from Toronto, I'll be happy. I mean, and they went, they swept Kansas city and then they went into Toronto, you know, what was it? They won 11 straight. So taking two out of three against Toronto was great. And they could have won that last game as well. Yeah, they could have. But um, just like we said, I mean, Toronto, yeah, they're still going to be up there and they're not going away. Team is just too good. So I'm, I'm definitely not expecting, uh, the Yankees to run away from anybody in this division. I think the top, the top three guys. I think the, the top couple teams are too tough. Yeah. Toronto, Tampa yeah. is Tampa. Tampa's <laughs> just quietly lurking. Yep. Like they do every year, even when they're, yeah. even when they're in first place, it's like they quietly do it. Yep. Right. I mean, it just seems like any, cause it's like, who else do you know? Like, the average baseball fan outside of Wanda Franco, who else do you know on the, on the, on the race, right? When you look at that team, there's no real, there's no superstar. No. Good solid players, but no, like, Oh, you got to see this guy play or. Right. And right? pitching. It's like. <laughs> they just make it work. Yep. <laughs> they just make um... it work. <laughs> It's amazing. So I'm intrigued about the upcoming trivia question because you teased it right before we got on the air. Uh, was it today that, that you saw it? Yeah, it was on the on yes. network. So I said, you know what? Okay. I said, this one we got to use because it's not – it's within the last 20 – it's, it's all – Usually there's some connection to modern. Yeah. And then, and then there's some historical with yes. So it's – and it's – doesn't go that far back. That's what I'm trying to say. It doesn't go that far back. We're not talking Babe Ruth guys and stuff like that. Well, <laughs> the uh, what was the one you gave me with the Yankees? Roger Peckinpah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wish you could call up uh, Michael K. Show and X them that question. Get gotcha, that. Michael. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. 
There's no way they would get that right. No way. No, no, God, no. <laughs> so, all right, here's the question. Only six shortstops in baseball have won the World Series MVP. Jeter. Right. Did Cal Ripken win it that year with the Orioles? No. One no. was pretty recent. He made the final out, though. He caught the final out. Yeah. Um, one was very recent. Very recent. Like within the last. To give you a hint, he was a very big free agent this offseason. Corey Seager. Correct. There we go. So you got right, two off the board. Yeah, you need four more. The other four, um, I can give you. And you said it doesn't go back that far? Uh, the furthest one is in the 70s, late 70s. Oh, okay. So, so you know all the guys. I mean, they're all one of them. Yeah, I'm just thinking other other Yankee teams, no. Red Sox teams, shortstop. This guy World did play for MVP. the – No. Oh, I know. He I played for the, Red the The rare one is David Eckstein. Right, 2006 for the Angels. I remember he had to, like, get a booster. to. He won a car. Joe Buck was giving him like a sh- brand new Chevy truck, and yeah. it looked like he needed a booster on the field to get into it. Next <laughs> team was like five eight, five seven. Um, the one oh, uh, was Craig Council shortstop, or yes. did Luis Gonzalez get it that year? Yeah, I think it was Gonzalez. No, um, no, I'm sorry, the the pitchers got it. Chilling, oh, okay. uh, split it. Okay, the um, shortstop that played for you, a, a shortstop that played for you, is on here too. Ooh. That's the only hint you're gonna not, get. You should. Be. Yeah, not <laughs> not no more, not Xander. Um, a little further back, but pretty big names. I have to go a little further back. So in the eighties. Um... Well, that's the old. I'm, I was talking about the guy that played for you. Was in the last okay. twenty years. Hmm. hmm. World Series MVP. Maybe he didn't play short teams. We just talked about him too, not too long ago. I remember. I don't know if it was a question. Yeah, it was a question because he wasn't playing short on opening day. Oh. Wow, I forgot he played uh, that. Right? Am I thinking of him? No, maybe not. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that year I was thinking was Johnson and Schilling. Um, next team, Michael Lowell was a third baseman. He won it with the Red Sox. Um, right. Oh, um, what about those years with the Giants? No. Um, nope. Don't think. Don't think about it. This guy played one year for you. I'm sorry. He played in 2005 for you. The exact year. Damn, what about what's his name? He he was he was the um Edgar Renteria. Correct. He was in yeah. 2010 for With the, the Giants. Giant? Oh, that's Giants. right. Giants. I thought it was the Marlins when I seen him. That's right. 2010 the Giants. That's right. I'm on. Yeah, see, I was doing it reverse. I was thinking of let me see the teams that won the most titles. All right, so you got one in the 80s and one in the 70s left. The one wow. in the 70s. Any Red Sox fan should know this person. Oh, boy. That's your hint. <laughs> Any Red Sox fan. Oh, wait. First, let's do the 80s. Okay. It was definitely not 86 because that was Ray Knight. Correct. It wasn't Cal Ripken, so it's 83 is off the board. Um, it definitely wasn't. This guy. Schmidt in 80. Give you a little bit of a hint. He just. Alan Trammell. Yes, 1984 with the Tigers, obviously. Yeah, because they beat San Diego. And the other one? 70s. Correct. The 70s? Oh, Jesus. Every Red Sox fan should know this guy. Does he have a nice middle name? (laughs) Yes. Well, I don't know if it's his actual middle name. Bucky Bleepin' Dent. There you go. I can't believe he was the MVP of that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Wow. That's actually not bad. You did pretty good. You worked it. You worked it. Your yeah, way I, had to, I had to talk through it and get a couple of hints, but see, yeah, I like right. doing it backwards where it's like what, what teams were in the world series the most. And then just, yeah. it was no Homer. I mean, back. once you get Jeter out of the way, it's like that takes care of like what five rings. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah. some of these guys are like, you would think. Rent you know, and just looking it up now and, some of the names on here, obviously great players, but then some are just no namers. Who wanted a Gene Tennis? Yes, with the Padres and the A's, right? And, and the A's, yeah. I'm just looking at the other names. The other names are like first ballot. Daryl Porter. My thought was with the Marlins. Who was the MVP the two years they won it? Josh Beckett. That was 97. Uh, 03. It had to be Beckett in 03. 97 yeah. was probably Charles Johnson. I think so. No. You might be right. That sounds that sounds Levon Hernandez. Yeah, Levon Hernandez, right. Two and oh. Just, Makes sense. Yeah. Did Charles Johnson what win like, the NL? CS MVP or something? I think he did. I could have swore he had a big hit in that playoff run. Who was the – I got one for you. Who was the only – not multiple – well, multiple, but three-way MVP for a World Series? Wow. Hmm. It was from the 80s on, so that gives you a couple of decades to narrow it down. It was obviously on the winning team. It was I know this- three different positions, so it wasn't like you know, like three outfielders. Right. I remember that the two pitchers was with the guy back. Uh, the right. This was player. all fielders, no pitchers. Oh, was it the Dodgers? Yep. And it was. Was, uh, it? was it say? There you go. Say eighty-one. Lopes. Ron say. Davy Lopes. Nope. No. Dusty Baker? D- nope. Different outfielder. Oh. Who's None the- of these guys had a great series, though. They kind of split it. I mean, obviously, but you got the third baseman, Ron Say. There's an outfielder and a catcher. Oh, catcher was um, Sosha? No. Steve Yeager. Yeager. Yeah, oh, man. Forget him. And the other outfielder? Who was um yeah? Oh, um Monday? Pedro Guerrero. Guerrero, right. Mm. Steve Yeager batted 286 in that series. <laughs> but he had two big home runs. Oh, it just shows you how good they were that year. Like not one guy was <laughs> the focal point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking through it, and that was the only time that there was as many as three. Yeah, how can they be more, right, when you think about it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like. All right, one last one, one quick one. Who? What was either the first year or who was the first winner of the MVP, the World Series? Wow. Like, when do you think it started? Um. I would take a guess, and it was got to be a Yankee. So I'll say, like, Mickey Mantle from 61. 55. Ooh. <laughs> it's close. <clears throat> whenever – I not to make a joke or to rub it in or anything, but whenever there's a World whenever, Series, always think Of Yankee. course. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean – Yogi Berra. <laughs> it was Johnny Padres, Brooklyn Dodgers. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, two wins, both were complete games, one shutout. Nice. Yeah. Well, that was a good little trip down memory lane, but you're right. Whenever it's historical, yeah, World Series trivia, it's it's got to be either Jeter, Mantle, Reggie, <laughs> or Yogi. Well, plus, you know what's another one? It's like in hockey. When, whenever there's a, a question. Canadian. Gretzky. 
<laughs> right. Gretzky's got to have some. That, that too. Or with <laughs> football, you always say Jerry Rice. Absolutely. Montana, Rice. <laughs> well, now it's Brady. But. Uh, All right. So. Um, so next week, well, this is episode 45 um, of Talking Rivals. You can find us at Talking Rivals on Twitter. I'm at Patrick Trotty on Twitter. Chris is CP7NY on Twitter. We are also at TalkingRivals.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Apple, uh, Spotify, Anchor, everything. We're up there. So check us out. Uh, give us a like. Give us a listen. Um, continue the conversation on Twitter. And we'll also be doing Twitter space events on every Friday. We did one last week. We met a Met a new Brave fan, so it's cool opening us up to different perspectives and whatnot and keep the conversation going a little bit. And um, next week, we will have on another guest of Julian. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I don't want to fumble it up, <laughs> but uh, he's a he's a good follow on Twitter, Julian G. Um, he does a lot of Yankees coverage. Um We'll get into his bio when we when we have him on, but it'll be a good talk about the Yankees kind of mixing with their prospects that are close to coming up and some of the big league talent that they already have. So it'll be a good good talk next week. But um, you got anything else, Chris? No, I think that's about it. You know, I'm just I, I I just I wanted to like just talk to you quickly about this. Is that I think this is the first year that I've ever seen so many young players coming in at the same time. It's almost like it's like it's turning over to a new era. Yeah. It's going from, that's a good point. It's going from, remember when Chris Bryant came up and they, and they kept him down in the minors because of that, yeah. that service time thing. Mm-hmm. Now it's almost the opposite. I think, you know, who started that really? I think once they brought up Wander Franco and Tatis and signed them, yeah. To long-term deals. Teams saw that they could get a little longer investment, but you can right. buy out some of those years on the back end cheaper. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's a good point because yeah. Detroit's got a couple, Seattle's got a couple, Baltimore will have a couple in the coming months that are coming up that are you, producing. You might have you might have a couple coming up as well soon. Yeah, and then next year the Yankees will probably have a couple too. Yeah, so and it's almost like a turning to the new era of baseball. You know, we're getting all yeah, there's there's no middle ground in baseball. It's it seems like it's all or nothing: home run, walk, yeah. or strikeout, and then it's either ten year event or rookie. Right, <laughs> it's true. It's extremes in baseball, one way or the yeah. other, good or bad. It's extremes. So yeah. Yeah, we can uh, we can look into that. We can talk with Julian about that next episode. Because I correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't he cover like prospects too? Yes, he, he does a little in, minor league stuff too. Yeah, I think he was just in Somerset at the Somerset uh, okay. uh, last week. So he could give us a good rundown of that and how Volpe looked and stuff. So that'll be interesting. Sounds good. So uh, Friday it should be every Monday. We're on live at like three. But then you can get us wherever you get your podcasts. And then on Friday, we will be live on Twitter space at Talking Rivals. Um, I think like 7 or 8 o'clock. So yeah. look out for that. And uh, in between, give us a follow and a listen. And uh, enjoy the games until then. Take care.